Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host. David Bodcher. Terrific, Dave. And you want to know why it's even more terrific? It's because Dave and I are actually recording this episode together in the same closet. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Just like old times, Dave. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Uh, I am actually here visiting Dave and his family in the Tampa area. So this is our first time in a year that we are able to record together in the same room. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always nice. And that is kind of why we waited an extra few weeks to put out an episode, because we wanted to wait till we could record together. Yeah. And Dave, I am I have very much enjoyed my time here. It's been great. To get away from the cold and the snow back home and uh, back back home in Utah. So it's uh, really nice to come to some nice sunny weather. Oh, yeah. I'll bet it is. Uh, Florida's kind of, everybody knows Florida's not my favorite place, but it is, it is pretty nice during the wintertime. Oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And Dave, after we record this episode, we are going to record a bonus episode as well. Sweet. We have a double duty tonight, Dave. That's what happens <laughs> when we wait till the very last uh, evening that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yes. And we have a great episode for you. For this episode, we will do our 18th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. This will include anything that's happened in the last six months of 2023. And this is just part one. We plan on recording uh, part two. It will have to be after I'm here. And this is just part one. We will be doing a part two uh, within the next week or so. Uh, I always, these are some of our favorite episodes to do. Uh, I really love researching and getting a bunch of really cool stories and narrowing it down to my favorites. And I always try to have different types of stories, like some scary, some funny, some survivor stories, and some deathy ones. So I have a, a plethora of stories for this edition. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, we have, Dave, we have stories about jaguars, my favorite animal, Ooh, of nice. course. Uh, we have a couple snake bites. Uh, we have a hippo attack. And then, Dave, you have a story, which I have no idea what you're going to talk about at all. Yeah. And then I will end on a crazy grizzly bear story. Oh, okay. We hope everyone enjoyed our last episode on the secretive and stealthy leopard. Leopards are amazing animals. So if you want to learn all about them, go back and check out our last episode. And Dave, while I'm here, I was not able to bring Cheetor and Dante. Oh, I bet they were sad or maybe they're happy. They get the whole place. <laughs> that is true. However, we have them on Zoom right now. Oh. So let's hear from <laughs> Cheetor and Dante. No, Cheetor. Cheetor, you have to plug you have to plug the mic in. Ah man. Animals and technology, right? Yeah, it's like my parents. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me? Ah. Oh. I see you. Good evening, gentlemen. Jolly ho, we figure out how to work the computer. Mad Dave, you look even worse on the computer screen than in real life. I didn't know that was possible. Uh, anyway, I look forward to hearing some good stories this episode. Well, I was going to tell Cheetor that he looks great, but now I'm not. Yeah. Let's hear from Dante now. Hey, fellas. I hope you enjoyed the nice weather there. I'm really enjoying sleeping on Matt's bed over here. Oh, did you get a waterbed, Matt? I did not get a waterbed. I don't know how he's doing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and of course, we want to thank all the listeners from around the world for joining us. I like to think we have a cult like following full of wonderful people. So we want to thank you all. So be sure to go to Apple. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show and then or go on Spotify or any other platforms and give us five stars there. 
And remember to tell your friends so we can grow even more. I look at our stats, and while we haven't, like, blown up or anything, every year is significantly better. Nice. Because that's really all you can ask for. Yeah. All right, but Dave, we're just going to get right into it. Let's go to our first story. All right, let's do it. We are going to start off with our first two stories are on attacks from my favorite animal, the jaguar. Ooh. Jaguar attacks in the wild are very rare. Much more rare than other big cats like lions, tigers, leopards, and even cougars. Uh, but we we had at least two that I'm aware of from last year. Okay. So we are going to start off with two stories about attacks from my favorite animal, the jaguar. Mm-hmm. Jaguar attacks in the wild are very rare. I would say even more, much more rare than other big cats like lions, tigers, leopards, and even cougars. But we did have two that I'm aware of that happened last year. So let's go to the first one. We go back to August 13th-ish, and we are going to Brazil. Okay. We are going to meet a man named Erivaldo Moraman, who goes on a camping trip to Salt do Augusto with his two nephews, ages 15 and 18. Uh, To my knowledge... Uh, it's pretty out in the wilderness. Okay. Uh, Mormon goes for a walk in the morning, and when he returns to his campsite, they're going camping. Uh huh. He returns to his campsite just off the banks of the Warera River. Well, he sees a jaguar that is attacking his nephews. Oh my goodness! I don't know the extent of how he's attacking the nephew, how the jaguar is attacking the nephews. Um, so what he does. He began shouting and waving his arms to distract the jaguar. Well, this works. As the jaguar turns and now attacks Moriman. Oh, wow. Knocks him to the ground, biting and scratching him. At one point, he tried to get up and run, which he, even he said was a bad idea. Because the jaguar just attacked him down again. Oh. Going for his head. Uh, yeah, the jaguars, they, like, they go for the head. And he was, he was trying to fight off the jaguar. And... At some point, the jaguar maybe got bored with it and left. Jaguar wow. got, or maybe he fought it off properly. However, the jaguar left. So now a beaten and bloodied Mormon now has to. So what he ends up having to do, he has to take a two-hour boat ride to find somewhere to get help. Wow. Now they must really be in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I assume his nephews are with him on the boat ride too. And they ride two hours until they arrive to a private lodge. And there, fortunately, a doctor was staying at the lodge and kind of gave him first aid. Uh, so he got sti- he got uh, bandaged up, at least. And he then has to travel another three hours to go to the hospital in Alta Florista. Wow. Which is a city in the state of Mato Grosso, kind of in the middle west of Brazil. Okay. Now, I saw photos of his injuries, and they are pretty bad, but he does survive. Okay. He got 150 stitches around his head. Oh, wow. Around his scalp. He was a bald guy, so you can see it pretty well. Oh, okay. Uh, Luckily, it uh, didn't get to his face. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Now, I don't know what kind of injuries his nephews received. They couldn't have been bad, though. Otherwise, they would have said so in the sources that I read. Okay. Uh, Moriman actually leaves the hospital just after one day. Wow. So give give him credit because he did 
probably save his nephews, and then he did fight off a jaguar. Yeah, that's crazy. Not many people can say that. Yeah. Matt, he's got the story of a lifetime that you want. <laughs> I have a bald head with a scar, you know, that doesn't disfigure your face. But you've got a scar. I Check don't want a bald. I don't jaguar. want a bald head. No, that's, that's true. <laughs> I would like a cool scar, like but the you scar's know, somewhere. For him. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe just like on my cheek or just something down the chest. Or, or how about three stripes down the sh- right shoulder, like, like our t-shirts, some nature t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. He's got cool. Oh he's yeah, got there cool scars go. on his beard, in his beard. But uh, yes, he. So that is a really cool story for him. Yeah, and his nephews. So that's pretty cool. And you know what, Dave? If your kids were ever attacked by a wild animal like that, I'd like to think I would do the same thing. Nice. Can't say cheat or would. <laughs> well, maybe not your your son, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course, he counts too. Yeah. All right. So let's get to our second jaguar story. The way this person is saved is something that I would, could give you a million guesses and you would never get it. Really? So we are going to August 20 or August 29th ish. And we are going also in Brazil around Corumba, Brazil. It's very close to the Bolivian border. Okay. And we meet a 40 year old rancher, a cowhand. I don't have his name, but he's a, he's a cowhand. So he's, uh, he investigates a disturbance among his herding dogs. Okay. Uh, he goes to investigate, and at some point, he is attacked by a wild jaguar. Wow. And the jaguar is biting and clawing him, and there is a second man there that attempts to fend off the jaguar with the knife to no avail. Now, we don't know exactly how everything went down. I could only find one source for this story, but the attack ended abruptly get this when the jaguar bit the man's uh leg Uh and in by his pocket and in his pocket is his cell phone so the jaguar bites down into the cell phone prompting the phone's lithium battery to explode (laughs) and it explodes in the jaguar's face oh my goodness the small explosion spooked the jaguar enough that it took off and ran back in the wild. Oh, wow. I said you would never guess it. No. That's pretty wild. And then um, first responders arrived to treat the rancher. He suffered extensive injuries to his limbs, including a broken arm. Jeez. Then he was taken to a nearby hospital for surgery. And there are a few photos of the man's arm and leg are heavily bandaged, getting him into the ambulance. Mm. And he also suffered a second degree burn on his leg where the cell phone exploded. <laughs> I'll bet. Gee. Uh, I don't believe his injuries were life threatening. Uh, I could not follow. I could not find a follow up, but I imagine that he's going to he lived through it. Uh, it's pretty crazy to be saved by your cell phone exploding in a jaguar's face. That is crazy. Think of that story, too. Hey, how'd you get that burn on your leg? Jaguar attack. Jaguar. You're pulling my leg. No, the jaguar was. <laughs> <laughs> jaguar was. And then uh, my cell phone exploded. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, so uh, any children listening who don't have phones, now you can go and tell your parents that just in case something like this happens, maybe that cell phone can save you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. But yes, those are two two wild jaguar stories, and both both of them survived, so that's good. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so let's go to our next one, and this is a very interesting one. 
we go to around September 19th-ish. And, well, we are going to the state of Florida. Hey! (laughs) I can't do one of these episodes without a Florida story, that's for sure. (laughs) It wouldn't be the same. All right, so we are going to Palm City, Florida. Do you know where that is, Dave? I don't. So it's about 100 miles north of Miami. Okay. Not too close to Tampa where you are. No. So we are going to meet a 20-year-old woman named Monet, Monet Robinson. Now, she is working as a delivery driver for Amazon. Oh. And Monet is having a normal day delivering packages. Uh, being a delivery driver is not an easy job either. No. I worked at UPS, not as a driver, but during the holiday season, they hire seasonal workers to kind of go and help with the drivers uh-huh. to make things quicker. I did that for one year, so I, I'm, I know it's not an easy job. But Monet is dropping off a package at a pretty nice-looking home. They're in a pretty nice neighborhood. So she drops the package on the doorstep, and then all of a sudden, she feels something bite on the back of her right leg, just below the knee. She is bitten by a snake. And not just any snake, Dave. She is bitten by the largest and most venomous snake in the United States. Do you remember what it is? Is it the water moccasin? Nope. The cottonmouth? Nope. Well, what, no, what is it then? It is a eastern diamondback rattlesnake. Okay. Uh, not just the largest, but the most venomous and dangerous snake in the U.S., yes. They can get up to eight feet long, and they are really fat, too. Crazy. So, once bitten, she sees the snake, and what natural reactions, you're going to panic. Yeah. So she panics, she sees a snake, she panics, and immediately feels, she said she immediately felt pain. Okay. Because, I mean, a snake having two fangs going, he's not going to feel good. And then, you know, venom can act quickly, I, I don't, I suppose. So she calls 911. She kind of goes uh, to the drive, past the driveway on the sidewalk. Uh, she calls 911, telling the responders that she was bitten by a snake. And she has a 10-minute phone call with 911. She is crying and breathing heavily, obviously panicked. The responder tries to tell her to remain calm. Uh, that's obviously what you want to do to slow your heart rate. Yeah. Uh, she said she can still see the snake. Uh, she described it as black with some colors on it. She's panicked, so it's not a very good description. Luckily, the homeowner uh, kind of hears commotion going on and comes outside, hopefully not through the front door. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, she and started to help Monet while on the phone. And uh, the homeowner told the responder, she, uh, the homeowner starts talking on the phone and told the responder it, it is, it, that it is a rattlesnake that is black and yellow, has black and yellow markings. Uh, I don't know, it's making noise with its rattle. So it's oh, obviously a rattlesnake. Okay. And now the homeowner helped Monet slow her breathing and to calm her down. Like we said, it's very important. To slow your heart rate, and then the venom can't go th- go into your system faster. Yeah. And yeah, the harder your heart pumps, the quicker the venom will disperse throughout your body. So slowing the heart rate is very important. And we don't know if the snake was rattling when Monet went up to the door, and it's possible that she had headphones on and didn't. Oh, true. Didn't yeah. hear the rattles, if it even did. We don't know. Yeah. So the the phone call continued until the first responders arrived at the scene. And there is actually some uh, body cam footage that was released. 
The first responders tell her that they are contacting hospitals to try to find which ones have the anti-venom that she needs. Oh, wow. I wonder how many phone calls they would have to make. Yeah, I know. You think they would have it around. I don't know how hard it is to get. I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, venom from an eastern diamondback can cause severe pain, tissue damage, organ damage, throat <laughs> swelling, and bites can be fatal if not treated in time. That's crazy. She was taken to a Cleveland clinic in serious condition and treated with the anti-venom. She was spoken to briefly by local news, and she was in pain, but in much better condition. Hopefully, she is doing much better, and I really hope that Amazon was paying the bills for this. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be workman's comp, I would think. I would think as well, so yeah. hopefully they're paying the bills. I imagine yeah. they would. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. But the uh, the rattlesnake did end up being caught. It was five feet long, and oh. it was euthanized. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, what a crazy story, uh, delivering packages and having a big-ass rattlesnake that is. bite you in the back of the leg. You know, I've I've joined a Facebook group that identifies snakes here in Florida for oh, did you. you? Like, you just put a picture, and they'll—it's crazy. Like, they'll—people get on it, boom. Like, they know exactly what it is, and then you'll see just a bunch of them telling you the same kind of thing. It's this, it's harmless, it's venomous, or— I'm just like, wow, like they're, they're on the ball. With yeah. it. So you I could just take a picture and show them. That's cool. And so it's, I'm trying to get to a point where I can identify which ones are which, cause I've seen snakes here. They're pretty common. Yeah. I, I've, in fact, I had a black racer go into my garage once okay. and, uh, oh, it was right when I came home from the gym, opened the garage door and all of a sudden zips in there. I was like, dang it. And this is when. We we this was less than a year since we moved in, and so the garage is full of stuff. So I'm I'm yanking stuff out trying to get to the dang snake. Where is this? It's getting so frustrating. Finally, I got it out. I took my uh, I had a bow for like a bow and arrow that I hadn't okay. strung yet. Took the end of the bow, boom, flung it out. Did you? And and uh, yeah, flung it out by the van. And then I hurried up and closed the garage doors. <laughs> was it, how so big was it? Get back in. It was. It was probably about four feet, somewhere really? around there. Yeah, it was a decent size. Wow. They're Three pretty, to four feet, I would assume. They're pretty thin guys, right? A black racer? Yeah, they're not fat. Yeah, they're just black. Okay. Um, at the time, I wasn't quite sure what they were, but when I researched, I was like, okay, it must be this. And uh, they're they're good to have because apparently they eat other, they prey on other snakes. Mm. So that way, if there's another venomous snake, they'd have to duke it out. You right, know? So, but a racer is not venomous. Right. Right, yeah. Okay. And we saw another one too. Went walked over to my neighbors once, and another one kind of slithered past. I was like, "Oh!" So I went and put them in our backyard because I was like, "I just get them away from our pathways." Mm-hmm. But uh, the, yeah, it was they're around, and I kind of want them. In fact, one time I was even uh, on our, I was just digging into my by my porch, kind of trying to mess with our landscape a bit, and saw something. It was probably about maybe 12 inches like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that is a huge worm. And then I'm watching the way it starts wriggling around. I'm like, I'm like wait, that's, I don't think that's a worm. And then I could tell it was trying to come around to where I was. So I was like, whoa, let's kind of drop it a bit and watch it. I'm like, what is that? And it was, come to find out, it was like pure, it was, looked like pink and white, you know? Weird. So I'm like, what is this? I was like, it's, and I finally realized it's a baby snake. Ooh. And it just buried itself in the mm. ground. And so it's just white and pink right now. I huh. uh, couldn't tell what kind of snake it was or anything. But I, yeah, <laughs> I never went back to it. it but, 
Uh, hopefully, maybe it was something the Black Racer was able to take care lunch of. on or something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah they're they're all over here. You got to oh, yeah. watch out. There's a there's probably more non venomous here where we are near for Champa, sure. but they they have them. Um, you got to watch out for the water moccasins and and uh, cottonmouths. I guess are pretty common, right? In the central Florida too. Okay. Yeah, you need to learn how to identify the venomous ones yeah. at least. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And if you live in Florida at all, yes. Yeah, you know it's funny because some of them you're just like I don't understand how you tell because there's even they'll even look at. It, what is it? The remember the king snake and I, is it the coral snake that's like it? It's not a king snake. King, oh, which, king snakes are the ones I remember that, them specifically because they lived in Tucson when I lived there, and they would actually they eat rattlesnakes. They're non venomous, right? They are non venomous, but yeah. yeah, they're big and they they will eat rattlesnakes. So you're you're thinking of the coral and the snake. I know it, what I know. Oh, what it's going different for. than the king. It's not the king. It's not okay. the king. I can't remember, but yeah, the ones that look the same except yeah. they have a different red, red, if it's, black, and how does it go? How does yellow the saying pattern? Go? Uh, yellow kills a fellow. Red or was it black and yellow kills a fellow? Um, oh, I don't remember the other part. All Hold right, on. we got to look it up. Well, upon further investigation, we found out what that means. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. Okay, red touches yellow, kills a fellow. Red touches black, venom lack. So it has these stripes where there's red, black, and yellow. And so as if the, if the um, again, if the red touches the yellow stripes, then they're venomous. But however, I've also noted on this Facebook forum, this, that's not always the case anymore. <laughs> so you can't even rely on that because the snake has adapted itself. The, the, uh, I, th- I think it was the non-venomous snake. I can't remember now to be sure, but it adapted itself to look identify like the not like the venomous oh god and so now you can't you can't really tell but most of them will say the 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 poignant thing you need to look for is they'll have an extra set of nostrils on their head like regardless of what the snake looks like or anything else look for an extra set of nostrils near it on its head that means it's venomous oh okay but yeah you that means you got to get close what is that you got to be careful yeah yeah, Maybe just or, steer clear. Yeah, or wider. Usually they say wider um, bo- head, a wider bone structure in That's the like head. That's like a viper that has that the, structure. Yeah, most of those means they're venomous. So you, But again, there's not one thing you can rely no. on to determine. It's a crap shop. They might be venomous, yeah. might be not be. But it's crazy how these guys... Unless you know, I guess treat it as venomous. Oh, yeah, it's this. Yeah. If you don't uh, know, how, just treat it as venomous. That's how I will. I, wouldn't, I don't want to get bitten regardless. No. But, uh, yeah. All right, well, good good knowledge there for us, Dave. Yeah. All right, and uh, we are now going to go to our next story, and this one is a deathy story. We haven't had any yet. Let's change that. <laughs> we are going to December eighteenth ish, and we are going to India. Uh, by the way, shout out to our Indian listeners. I know we ha- we actually have quite a few uh, Indian listeners. I don't know if it's partly due to our uh, store. We have a lot of stories that come from there. And then our Jim Corbett coverage. Yeah. And he is still widely regarded as a hero in India, uh, as it should be. Nice. Yeah. So this story follows a man named Suraj. Uh, he's around 40 and works at the Lucknow Zoo in Uttar Pradesh. Okay. Uh, look, We've talked about that area before, too. We right? have, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's not far south from... Nainital, where Jim Corbett lived. Nice. So it's in the same area. Uh, the city is actually called Lucknow, too. Oh, okay. Interesting name for a city in India. Yeah. 
by all accounts, it seems to be a decent zoo, actually. And it even has a 4.3 rating on Google that I looked up. Uh, lots of good reviews, too. So uh, the zoo was uh, founded in 1921 and houses more than a thousand animals from over 100 species. Makes me wonder if uh, Jim Corbett ever went there back in the day. Yeah. But uh, even at a good zoo, accidents can happen. Anyway, Siraj has worked at the zoo for about 12 years and was trained to feed the animals and clean their enclosures. On this day, Siraj, as well as a colleague named Raju, went to perform a scheduled cleaning in the hippo enclosure, which they have done many, many times. So the hippo was supposed to be locked in a cage during regular enclosure maintenance, but somehow the hippo got out. Ooh. Hippo got out and charged at the two men. The hippo attacked and killed Siraj. Ooh. No sources went into any detail about the, the attack other than that it was an attack and Siraj was killed. Uh, Raju was injured but survived the attack. Wow. Uh, and I still am curious, like, how would the hippo have killed him? Would it bite him and crush him or just, like, knock him down, stomp on him? Oh. Yeah, there's so many there's ways. A, there's, there's I, so I'm many. not sure how it would. Or, you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Remember saying? when we were at Animal Kingdom and they had a skull of a hippo there? Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I mean, that thing is huge. Oh, yeah. The jaw and those, the, the bottom. The, uh, both. Yeah, it looks teeth, they're like yeah. teeth. Yeah, it's teeth, but they look like they're as big as tusks. Yeah. They're huge. And they can open their mouths like, oh, not quite 90 degrees, but they can open them oh, really, really wide. That's crazy, yeah. No, I mean, between that and its weight, you know, it's, yeah. it, it could, could kill you it in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, the zoo was closed this day, so no, um, no tourists had to witness the attack or anything. Uh, zoo officials speculated that the hippo enclosure may not have been properly secured. You're like, yeah, you think? Yeah. Uh, the hippo had only been at the zoo for a few weeks, and we do not know what like caused the hippo to attack, other than they are aggressive and very territorial. And also, not a lot of details I could find, but Siraj leaves behind a wife and two children. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's a sad story. Gee, I would, I would bet the monkeys did it. The monkeys, they, they, they <laughs> those little bastards. Work, yeah. They egged yeah. a hippo on, and yeah. they they threw a bunch of uh, fruit and blamed it on Raju <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Siraj. Or it's like Jurassic Park, you know. Uh, so you're sure the hippos and the hippos are secure? Yeah, unless they figured out how to open doors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next story, and Dave, this is a this is a very interesting one. This is what I would call an NSFW story. Not safe for work. Okay, just a warning. It's safe for the children. It's fine, but you know what I mean. Uh, we are going down under, mate. We are going to Australia around November 18th, or excuse me, 8th-ish. We are going to meet a young woman named Danny DeLabo. Now, she is kind of TikTok and Instagram famous, huh. as well as OnlyFans famous. Okay. Uh, Dave, do you know what OnlyFans is? Yeah. Okay. Paid... Just leave it there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was just curious if we did. But anyway, she uh, produces adult content on OnlyFans. It's porn. She does porn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, no judgment here. But anyway, let's find out what happened. So Danny and her film partner had just finished filming some adult content. 
After they film, the man goes to take a shower. And earlier, before they filmed, uh, he found out that Danny, she has a pet snake. And he asked if he could hold the snake after they had filmed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the snake is an eight-foot-long Centralian carpet python. Oh. So, non-venomous, obviously. But uh, eight feet long, that's a pretty big snake. Yeah. That's a big python. So, the man gets out of the shower, and Danny places the snake around his neck for him to hold it. Okay? And the man is still naked, too. Uh, the snake's name is Betty, by the way. Betty has never had any issues with biting or anything like that, so uh, Danny believed it would be perfectly safe. So, yeah, she puts it on him right after the shower, puts the snake on him. Uh, Danny walked out of the bathroom, and very soon after, she hears the man scream. She comes in and finds Betty the snake is biting down on the man's penis. Oh, my goodness. Every man's worst nightmare. Oh, no. And then it took a few minutes to get Betty to release his Johnson. There was a lot of blood that they cleaned up. Uh, Danny even checks to make sure that there were no teeth stuck in his member. Wow. Which is something that happens when pythons bite something. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, Now, this, all the information came to be when Danny released a video on social media and she tells the story. It's only a minute long, minute long and gave all the details that I have given. Uh, I was not able to find any further information. I don't know if the guy even went to the hospital or not. I imagine that he did. <laughs> I feel like you would definitely need to go to the hospital after being bitten by a python on your dong. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought about that story a bit and was like, well, and for a man to hold a large snake naked with his tallywhacker out, that's not a good idea. <laughs> no. Think about it. His wiener might look like something a python would eat. Yeah. Maybe it mistook his package for a mouse or something. Yeah, or, like, or another snake. Or another snake, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't erect or anything. If he was, he's probably packing, and maybe if it was erect, he, the snake would have been scared of it. Wow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh... There's something to be said. Uh, and, and a word to all you men, if you ever film content with an adult actress and you want to hold her pet snake, just put some pants on first. <laughs> Actually, put pants on if you're ever in contact with any animal. Yeah. this That is our force of nature safety recommendation. And I, I think I might live by that motto now. Just put pants on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way. If you are ever going to handle animals, put pants on. Yeah. It's that simple. Uh, but we certainly hope that the unfortunate uh, adult uh, actor is fine along with his manhood Uh, she played it pretty lightly in the video so I'm assuming he's okay oh did she wow I would think he would have to be she really played it lightly thought it was funny he was like that doesn't sound funny no that sounds horrible yeah so just thinking about that one huh I said you'd get a plethora of stories, but you would never would have guessed one like that. No, gee. Well, All right. Well, let's take a breather. All right. Snake is out of my mind. <laughs> so, Dave, you have a story for us. How about you share yours with us right now? All right, let's do it. Okay, so this is uh, takes place actually this year. Um, in fact, this is going to kind of be a uh, small 
I, when does I, it take I lack place? the details this year in January. Oh, you're, you're cheating going off the rules. That's okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, the, uh, there, there wasn't a lot of details to this because they happened outside the U.S. and there's, it's hard to get full I details. I say that every time. It. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm going to kind of do, it kind of rolls into a conglomerate of, of attacks for it. So anyway, there was a tiger attack um, in India. Uh, it takes place in, um, in the, let's see if I can pronounce this, Maharashtra's Chand- Chandrapur district. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, a villager was killed in the forest range, the Mar- Markanda Kansoba uh, forest range. Um, interesting. They, they seem to say, they, they uh, divvy ways out to, you know, because it's, it's huge. I was looking at this. India, it's huge. And they say something like 25% of India is forest land. So it's hard for them. And there's so many, these forest drains are huge in and of themselves. So it's hard for them to figure out, well, where? Because that's gigantic. I mean, these, mm-hmm. these things are bigger than cities. So they, they've separated them out into districts. Uh, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Or what, what do they call it? Uh, sorry. Compartment numbers, what they call them. Right. Okay. They, they separate them in, into compartment these, numbers. You're talking about these splotches of wilderness yeah the, so that way they know okay who's in charge of this or where was this oh, okay. specifically rather than just saying oh it's in this gigantic forest region here right. you know what i mean so anyway this says it take place his body was found the, sorry 45 year old man nanaji at atram or atram uh was was in the village he went out in the forest to collect wood didn't come back they found his body in compartment number 293 which again, that's just the, the right, region yeah. within the forest they identify with. So they found that he was mauled and killed by a tiger there. And this happened with, you know, within the past two weeks of two other tiger attacks in the area. Um, and I was trying to figure out more on this stuff. Every article that I found was, was linking to this exact same wording, everything else the same to mm-hmm. it. But there was another one on January 7th. Um, Devdas Mandal, he was 50 years old, killed by a tigress while he was working in the agricultural fields there. And another one, um, Ram, Ramabi Munjam, Munjamkar, um, was killed on January 15th. Um, didn't say how he was killed or what he was doing, but uh, he was killed also as well in that area. It, um, and so coming into this, it just seems like there's been, it's crazy how many tiger attacks there, there really are, are in India. Oh, yeah. They say there's been an uptick because they say they've, they've captured 62 unruly tigers in the past 10 years. But they've also found I, uh, it was something like um, 11. They've, they've captured 11 uh, tigers or tigresses and nine tigers or tigresses. I can't remember which one's which. Right. But they've, just in this year alone... That were attacked. That have attacked people. So in January. Yes. Oh, jeez. And they say, yeah, there's an uptick, and I and it could be because there has been a lot of conservation for them, and so now the the tigers they're, have been able to have more. They're so they're well, so they have outgrown their population of those certain areas. So yeah. they are kind of going out of those areas. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, to my knowledge, what I've read about. Yeah, exactly. And then again, humans were kind of were kind of doing the same thing, and so. There's just more, um, more attacks coming in line with that. In fact, uh, I found another one that was in another. Oh, by the way, that region, 
is kind of like smack dab in the middle of India. Okay. It's like right in the middle. It's hard for me to to get to be able to kind of describe it in ways we would know because it wasn't by any cities I knew, but it was just right in the middle of India. And there was another tiger attack. Um, in fact, it was this, I believe it was this week because the another article one? came out January 27th. Yeah. Um, another woman was killed um, by a, an, in Ban, Bandhav, Bhavgra Tiger Reserve. That's in Mad, Madhya Pradesh. That's just Madhya. south of. Yeah, we've talked about. Have we, okay. Ma, Madhya Pradesh. Yeah. yeah. That's just a little bit south of, of the middle of India. Okay. Um, but yeah, she was, uh, let's see her name, Tirasi Bai Kol. She was 35. Um, oh, I'm sorry. There were two women. Um, one of them was, was uh, killed. The other one was injured. Um, I, need to find it. I don't have the who was killed. But the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The deceased was Buri ba, Bai Kol. And the one who was injured, sorry, she's 35. She was Tirasi Bai Kol. Um, she's, she was being treated at the hospital for her wounds. But yeah, the, they went in the forest to collect wood. Tiger attack, the tiger attacks. Um, and gets the one woman. The one woman tries to get her off, tax that one. Yeah, yeah and and uh, that that was it. But th- this tiger had two cubs near her, mm-hmm. and so they, there's Maybe kind not of a belief that thing. yeah, it was hey, you got to get away. You know what I mean? You're, you're protecting the cubs. Mm-hmm. Motherly instinct kicked in. But yeah, it's that was like four or five attacks in this year so in the last month. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that really is. Uh, do you are you aware if any of them were eaten? No, because uh, they found the remains of them, so it didn't sound like they'd been eaten, or at least maybe they got fully t- eaten. You okay. know. So yeah, but they've been. Uh, the well, finding remains the could be anything. True. That's so true. we don't know is what it is. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're on the rise. It's crazy. I've been on this kick because I I kept I saw that Jim Corbett National Park. I was like, gosh, I want to go there. Yeah, you, and then you just, you just start to find more things around around. And I mean, there are so many parks there. Yeah, so yeah. many places that would be so neat to go see. Yeah, you were looking into going to Jim yeah, Corbett, like having us go. You, yeah, they have. Uh, it wasn't too too expensive. No, it wasn't too it? bad. It wouldn't have been too bad for us. Yeah, it was something like we could get. For the both of us, it would be like 650 bucks, and we'd get two nights staying inside the park and the resort. And that looks nice. Yeah. Like it's actually like a hotel inside the national park. And you'd get uh, Jeep tours each, uh, each day, taking you into the park. In fact, one of them, you'd stay at another area that wasn't the resort, but it was, um, how, do we, how do I say, kind of like a, a camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because it's deeper in, and so right. it's not easily accessible. And you'd stay the night there. Oh, cool! And they say it's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. And because you, you're you're right in the middle of the jungle, nothing else there. And there's always that thought of uh, danger with uh, tigers and leopards running around. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. You're all, some of the stories you've had are, are them coming through windows. Oh yeah. So you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to look further into that. Maybe maybe we'll go uh, to Jim oh, Corbett National Park. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, good good story, Steve. Uh, tigers are always one of our favorite things to cover. Uh, they're we they're really cool animals, and we love tigers. Yeah. But as we can realize, sometimes they could be scary monsters. Yeah. Hey, remember when we were at the animal Animal Kingdom? Yeah. Um, we saw uh, two different tigers, right? Yeah, two species. Two. They were uh, Sumatran tigers. Okay. Yeah. I went and asked the woman, 
uh, what they were, and she said Sumatran. So that they're actually a little bit smaller than Bengal tigers. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. it was still cool to see the tigers nonetheless. At uh, yeah, we went to Disney uh, Animal Kingdom yesterday, yeah. and we saw a bunch of cool animals. Yeah, I had, I, I did take uh, some photos, so we'll post them on our social media sometime. All right, but Dave, I have one more story for us this episode, and this is going to be a grizzly one to say the least. Oh. So we go, we are going back to September 12th-ish, and we go to Montana inside the Custer Gallatin National Forest. I think that's how you say it. Just outside Big Sky and a bit north of Yellowstone. Okay. We meet a man, he's a Navy veteran named Rudy Norlander. Oh. That sounds, that's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, Rudy is an experienced outdoorsman who runs an ATV rental company. So he is uh, out and about in the wilderness on this day. He is out helping some of his clients track down a deer they had recently shot. Okay. While looking for the deer, and I imagine he's on foot at the moment. It didn't quite say, but I imagine he's on foot right now, not on an ATV. Well, he sees a small bear not far away. So, you know, he gets his rifle out just in case. Well, that was just a, a baby bear. Oh. Mama Bear is approaching, and he doesn't see her. Oh, boy. Clever guy. Uh, he sees her really late, and he gets his rifle up to shoot the charging bear. Ooh. Rifle somehow misfires. Wow. So, it doesn't shoot. Rudy does have bear spray, but it is in his backpack. And no chance for him to reach it in time. Oh. As he is attacked by Mama Bear. Uh, the only thing Re- Rudy could do was punch the bear in hopes of slowing it down. Uh, and like I said, this is angry mama grizzly bear. Uh, Rudy tries fighting her off. Fighting back, just not going to work. Yeah. Doesn't really work. Mama bear is on top of him, mauling him. And this is where it gets bad. The bear bites on him. Bites down on his his jaw. Oh. Okay, so everybody listening. So your lower jaw. Go put your hand on your lower jaw. Just kind of do it. You do it too, Dave. Yeah. Just kind of move it around. Uh-huh. You can wiggles, right? Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, I bet that'd be easy to take off if, uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happens. Oh, yikes. The bear bites down on his lower jaw and tears it off. Oh. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Just thinking of, like, feeling it. Oh. Like, the group of men uh, he was hunting with hear what's going on and scare uh, the bears away and call em- emergency authorities. And I don't know what to what degree. I don't know if his lower jaw is just hanging or oh. if it's completely off. Wow. But, I mean, I've seen horror movies, like, when they take do that, and it looks terrible. Yeah. Like his mouth is open. I, it's hard to explain, but oh. I think everybody gets what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, call authorities who send a helicopter rescue. And be, imagine being them and seeing this guy like that. Oh. Seeing his lower jaw missing. Wow. Since there was still a threat of bears nearby, the first helicopter needed to wait additional time for another helicopter to potentially scare away the bears if they were still still nearby. Yeah. Uh, kind of a precaution, I guess, that uh, to the rescue team. So it took uh, two hours for them to... Uh, Rest to get there and rescue uh, Rudy to secure him after the attack. 
He was conscious the whole time during that wait. Oh, my goodness. He didn't pass out from pain, fear, or blood loss. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a Jeremiah Johnson. And then he is flown to a hospital in Bozeman for initial surgery, but they can't do it all there. He is actually flown to the University of Utah Hospital for further treatment. The University of Utah, I know, has like a burn victim yeah, they, area, and maybe that yeah. would somehow go into that. I don't know. They've got some, yeah, they've got some nice specializations in that hospital that they do. Yeah, so the U.S. Forest Service, service quickly closed off portions of the park to track down the grizzly i was never able to find out if they found the bear okay so fortunately with this story there was a follow-up written about it and what happens to rudy the follow-up is from a month later and rudy has been at the hospital for five weeks and is just about to be sent home wow five weeks in the hospital that sounds awful crazy while in the hospital, Rudy underwent a complete jaw reconstruction. He had three major surgeries during this five-week period. He also had scratch wounds on his chest and bites on his arms and legs. Uh, it was a lot of damage was done. Gee. So Dr. Hillary McRae, she's a surgeon, she was able to reconstruct Rudy's jaw. I get this by using a portion of his fibula bone. Wow. The fibula bone is the smaller bone in your leg. So yeah. like from your knee down to your ankle, it's uh-huh. the smaller bone there. I have no idea how this would work. I, But somehow the doctor did. And wow. like you said, they're highly specialized there. Yeah. So I don't know how that even works. You just take some bone out and make a jaw out of it. That's I don't really crazy. know how it works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, somehow they do. And I, they had to use some other materials to help make a fitting jaw okay saw a couple photos of it uh his recovery has been slow he was unable to eat solid foods and found it too painful to speak he has two daughters and a few grandchildren who helped him during the whole ordeal in the hospital he actually used a dry erase board to communicate with them and he wrote the things that give me hope and have given me motivation to get through this are my family oh uh, Dr. McRae commented that the first thing she, sorry, she commented that the first thing that was incredible to watch was how positive Rudy was. Even after being attacked by a grizzly bear, he was very adamant that he was going to get through it. That is, uh, that was heartwarming as a physician. Nice. So that's cool. Uh, on his way out of the hospital, Rudy told reporters that he hopes to be back in the Montana backcountry as soon as December. Wow. And... That he's not afraid of encountering bears and going around too. Wow. His daughter rejected this idea saying, (laughs) (laughs) his daughter rejected this saying uh, she would like for him not to do that. (laughs) The fact that they have healed enough to get to today is pretty remarkable. And that's what she said. So very remarkable is, uh, I would say. What a Uh, tough cookie. Yeah. uh, Rudy is a tough man and we hope that he is doing well now. Yeah. And so I'm going to end this story with something that Rudy wrote on the whiteboard. He said that the first root beer float is going to be amazing. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's what he's thinking about, a root beer float. Nice. Well, Rudy, we sincerely hope you got that root beer float, and it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that is a wild and crazy survivor story, and I think it's a good one to end on for the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. War vet, bear uh, wrestler. Golly, he's... (laughs) 
He's done a lot. He's got it. Uh, The next episode will be part two. We will get going on that uh, as soon as we can. And we still have plenty more crazy stories to cover from last year, including a Siberian tiger story, uh, um, a story with a blue-ringed octopus, Oh, a stingray, and well, this card is subject to change, but uh, okay. rabies hey. and whatever else I find. It, it's going to be fun. Okay. Well, and Dave, if our listeners enjoyed the show, what is something they can do for us? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. It really helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. If you really want to help us out, why don't you maul those couch cushions, find a little bit of coin, and throw it our way so we can give you more of this jaw-dropping content. <laughs> oh, Dave, that's always this the best. kind of too soon, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, Dave does uh, all that off the cuff, by the way. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, to get your Force of Nature t-shirts and stickers, uh, to order them, you, all you got to do is DM us on our Facebook, Instagram, or email. And we'll talk and we, we can send one out for you. The shirts are really nice. And uh, Dave is actually wearing his right now. Yeah. Uh, Dave wore his to Animal Kingdom. Sure did. And if you order a shirt, I'll throw in some free stickers too. Or you know what? You can, you can message us and if say you want free stickers, I'll send you some free stickers. Um, before we sign off, Dave, we just got Cheetor back. Cheetor and Dante back. They got their Zoom working. Let's hear what they have to say. Well, I really hope that guy's trouser snake isn't damaged badly. He was quite the performer. I mean, not that I subscribe to her OnlyFans or anything. Okay, well, uh, Cheetor is somehow accessing OnlyFans. I don't know how he's doing that. Uh, Let's hear what Dante has to say. I'm sorry, man. I I didn't mean for him to use your credit card or anything, but I couldn't stop him. They... You did what? With my credit card? Oh, gee. Uh, well, I got something to watch when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, and I hope I hope the uh, Danny doesn't mind having a cheetah and a rainbow trout watch her content. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>